This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. In his absence, we go to spend time with uh, Daniel de Villiers and Hunter Combs, but it's great to have Dr. Peter Hammond back on the line. He's the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. Welcome back, and good morning to you, Dr. Hammond. Thank you so very much, and good morning, Brad. You know, this Sunday is the uh, Palm Sunday, and Mm. following Friday will be Good Friday, and we will be heading into Resurrection Sunday. So this is a very important time of the year, and I know there are churches all over looking forward to this last year. Lockdown prevented millions, in fact, hundreds of millions of Christians from meeting to celebrate Easter, which is just extraordinary how important it is in our calendar. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world, and it doesn't matter what governments say. The Great Commission of our Lord Jesus Christ is in force, mm. and there is no doubt that our highest priority is to fulfill the Great Commission. Therefore, uh, we must really gird our minds with the belt of truth. We need to have the understanding of what God has called us to do. And the Great Commission is our supreme ambition. Yeah. Our first priority has to be to worship the Lord and to fulfill the Great Commission in proclaiming the good news, uh, in being able to be a witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the utmost parts of the earth. And uh, that's our calling. And we need to remember that next week uh, is a a commemoration of the worst travesty of justice in history. And the betrayal, the arrest, the trial, the execution of Jesus Nazareth was absolutely unique. It was not his actions that were in question. Mm. He healed the sick, he raised the dead, he made the lame to walk, he made the blind to see. Uh, he multiplied food, he cared for widows and orphans, uh, he cleansed lepers. <laughs> it was action that were in prison, it was his identity. Yeah. The charge laid against Christ by the Jewish Sanhedrin was blasphemy. The testimony on which our Lord was convicted was concerned with his identity as the Messiah. And the interrogation of the Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, and the inscription and proclamation placed on his cross at the execution dealt to the identity of Christ as the Messiah, effectively the Son of God, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And the trial of Jesus Nazareth was completely illegal. It was the worst travesty of justice in history. Mm. At every point, it broke the laws of Israel, as well as the laws of Rome. It was illegal to conduct a trial at night. It was also against the law to conduct a summary trial without any warning or any opportunity for the accused to prepare a defense or seek positive character witnesses. At any trial, the accused is to be granted an opportunity to prepare a defense, and heralds had to be sent out into the area requiring anyone who knew anything positive about the accused to come forward and to testify. There was no opportunity granted for appeal. There was no delay between arrest and trial, between trial and verdict, between verdict and sentencing. There wasn't even a delay between sentencing and execution. Within less than a 24-hour period, Jesus was arrested, tried, condemned, sentenced to death, and executed. This blatantly violated all due process of law. Mm. It was obvious that there was a conspiracy against the accused. And in the event of there being evidence of a conspiracy, judges were obligated to release the accused. In addition, the testimony of false witnesses brought forward by the accusers contradicted one another. Mm. The Roman governor 
Hodges Bath acquitted Christ three times. I find no fault in him at all. I find no fault in him. You have brought this man to me as one who misleads the people. And indeed, having examined him in your presence, I found no fault in this man concerning the things of which you accuse him. No, neither did King Herod, for I sent you back to him. And indeed, nothing deserving of death has been done by him. Mm. But they shouted, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Then Pilate said to him the third time, Why? What evil has he done? I found no reason for death in him. I will therefore have him flogged and let him go. Mm. But they were insistent, demanding with loud voices that he be crucified. The Lord Jesus Christ had also obviously been beaten severely by his captors. And in the event of a prisoner having been mistreated in this way, the judge would have been obligated to release the accused. How could any judge allow anyone to be executed whom he had three times declared innocent? What a meaningless gesture for a governor and a magistrate to wash his hands, declaring that he was innocent of the blood of a person who was clearly the victim of a conspiracy and who, as chief magistrate, he should have been protecting from the mob. And when Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but that a riot was rising, he took water, washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, His blood be upon us and upon our children. Can you imagine? The trial of Jesus was a travesty of justice. Mm. It's a terrifying thing to be judged by the mob. Can you imagine being judged by your worst enemies? And yet, we could call forth character witnesses to Christ. And it's, of course, there are millions of Christians through the ages who eagerly testify to the incomparable goodness and greatness of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if we just were to take skeptics, and some of them even enemies of Christ, the kind of testimonies you'd get are extraordinary. You, you just take, for example, Thomas Paine, an outspoken opponent of Christianity, who still admitted in writing, Jesus Christ was a virtuous an admirable man, and that his system of, of morality, which he preached and practiced, was of the most benevolent kind, and it has not been exceeded by any. And the first century Jewish historian, Josephus Ben Matthias, the author of the Antiquities of Jews, writes, Now about this time, there was Jesus, a wise man. If it be lawful to call a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth of pleasure. Mm. He drew over to himself both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was the Christ. And when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men among among us, had condemned him to the cross, those who loved him at the first did not forsake him, for he appeared to them alive again the third day, as the divine prophets had foretold these and 10,000 other wonderful things concerning him. And the tribe of Christians surnamed from him are not extinct to this day. It's in the antiquities of the Jews. In William Leakey, one of the leading historians of the 19th century, author of The Rise and Influence of Rationalism in Europe, he spent many years advancing the cause of what he called rationalism and attacking Christianity and the idea of miracles, the supernatural. Yet he could admit it was reserved for Christianity to present to the world an ideal character whom all the changes of 18th centuries has inspired the hearts of men with an impassioned love has shown itself capable of acting on all ages, all nations, temperaments, and conditions, and has not only been the highest pattern of virtue, but the strongest incentive to its practice. And it has excised 
students that it may be said that the simple record of those three short years of active life has done more to regenerate and soften mankind than all the dispositions of philosophers and exhortations of moralists. Mm. And John Stuart Mill, perhaps the most influential, respected economist of the 18th century, who spoke against Christianity, yet he had to acknowledge Christ is still left, a unique figure, who it is, uh, it is left to say mm. that when this preeminent genius is combined with the qualities of probably the greatest moral reform and martyr to that mission that has ever existed on the earth, religion cannot be said to have made a bad choice in pitching on this man as the ideal representative and guide of humanity. Even now, it would not be easy, even for an unbeliever, to find a better translation of the rule of virtue from the abstract to the concrete than to endeavor to so live that Christ would approve our life. Even Charles Darwin, uh, who popularized the theory of evolution, had to concede uh, the preeminence of Christ, where he said that they forget or will not remember those who minimize the work of missionaries in pagan countries. They forget or will not remember that human sacrifices, the power of an idolatrous priesthood, a system of profligacy, unparalleled, infanticide, a consequence of that system, bloody wars, where conquests spare neither women nor children, that all of these have been abolished in savage islands where the missionaries have arrived. Dishonesty and intemperance and licentiousness have been greatly reduced by Christianity. For a voyager, to forget these things is base ingratitude. For should you chance to be at a point of shipwreck on some unknown coast, mm. he will most indignantly and devoutly pray that the lesson of missionary may have reached thus far. And there are so many uh, people who uh, would have called themselves atheists and agnostics like Huxley and Menchkin and H.G. Wells, who agree that, in fact, Christianity, uh, in focus on Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the greatest person to ever walk in this world. His impact on history and the Bible's contribution to life and civilization are incomparable. The verdict of these skeptics is unanimous. The one born in obscurity, who lived in poverty, who died in agony, became the most important and positive influence in the history of the world, and no one has influenced the world for the good more than Jesus Christ. And I think it's so important that as we focus on and prepare for Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Resurrection Sunday, we remind our friends and neighbors of the worst travesty in the history of the world and the trial of Jesus, and that even many hostile witnesses have to acknowledge the goodness and greatness of Christ. What a powerful this message this morning coming from Dr. Peter Hammond, the founder of Frontline Fellowship, the Reformation Society, Africa Christian Action, and the William Carey Bible Institute. Here's to a beautiful uh, Friday and a peaceful weekend. Thanks, Dr. Hammond. Thank you so much, Brad. God bless. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.